Hey, 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 everybody. Andy Christopher here, aka The Dilf, the dad I listen to frequently. And a couple of nights ago, Arlo, my son, fell asleep holding my hand. And if you're just joining us for this particular week, you don't know the backstory. Arlo's almost three, wild child extraordinaire, so wonderful, so exhausting. But this particular night, he didn't nap. He There was a birthday party that we went to and um, he was just at the end of his rope by, you know, very early time, which for us was about 7.15, 7.30. And I went up there expecting hellfire. I mean, you can see, if you can see the YouTube version of this on my nose, I, I look like a UFC fighter or, you know, like a boxer that just got out of the ring. Um, no, just the cut on my nose. My nose actually does look, look like this. That's just my regular nose. But um, he, you know, th- there's the slapping, there's the kicking. Um, tonight, like, he, he got me in the junk. Didn't feel great. Not going to lie. Always, always hurts to get kicked there. But I went in expecting the worst. And he was so sweet. And he was so ready to go to bed as opposed to what I thought was coming, which was just refutes anger, rage, basically all the bad things from the movie Inside Out or any feelings you've ever had if you've been cut off driving a car or you got the wrong order at your fast food restaurant. And um, we read our books, we lay down. He's he, He like pets me on the head and he's just being so sweet. And then usually what I do is I scratch his back to, to as like a little nightcap, we call them scratchies. And this particular night, he just put his hand out and he just said hand. And I held his hand and he fell asleep within a couple of minutes. Oh, man. You know, if you don't have kids yet and you don't know the struggle, just wait for a moment like this to completely wash away any difficulty or anything that's gone wrong in the day or in the week, in the month, in the year, it it all, it made me tear up. I, I was just so happy and so thrilled. And then after that, go into our bedroom, Julia's nursing baby girl, Alina, and I go in expecting the same exact thing. And, you know, I, I get her swaddled. She's fussing. She's doing her thing. I laid, or I sit down with her in the rocking chair. I put my little pinky in her mouth. If you weren't aware, you, when you, um, instead of a pacifier, you can use your pinky or a finger with a, with an infant, make sure that the, the round part of your finger is at the top, at the roof of their mouth. Um, we accidentally got her cut a little bit because, um, I think my nail was a little too long, but who knows? It doesn't matter. But anyhow, you can do that in lieu of a pacifier. And then after this whole thing with Arlo, go into Alina and she falls asleep right there, lay her right down in the bassinet. And then she proceeds to sleep for, I think it was almost six straight hours. Julia's breasts were about to explode. Julia's my wife. Um, and, but we didn't care. It, having that amount of sleep and that amount, that chunk of time with an infant and with an almost three-year-old was absolute blessing in terms of just so grateful you wake up after that amount of time it was i don't know 
I can't remember what time it was. And you almost feel panicked because you've slept so long. <laughs> it's the truth. And we we just looked at her and then she went about her nursing thing and then fell right back asleep. And those are the wins. Those are the wins that keep you going through the week, make you feel stronger, more competent as a parent in terms of just, damn, did it. One time we we got it done. Anytime you try to replicate that kind of success, you're not going to be successful. But um, no, that that was just something I had to share with everyone because, you know, we we've been going through a lot of transition, obviously, with with baby girl here. And I've actually transitioned jobs as well it, with it into a new mortgage company. And there's just a lot going on. And we've got grandparents and and cousins and nephews in town and entertaining these people and trying to still go about our lives as if we, you know, know what we're doing. And, you know, we used to be so cool. We used to just do stuff. And it was so much fun just to, you know, drop of a hat, be able to do something. That obviously changes. And when you host and entertain, it's always a it's an event. It's a thing. And you get caught up in those little spirals and those little tornadoes so so frequently. That you always feel like you're just treading water, just trying to keep your 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 head, ears, and nose above. But when you have those little wins, when you have those ones that you put in the books and you hit the pillow hard, and you say "I love you" to your significant other, and you just you know you got one. Those are those are the moments. It's like for any of you golfers out there, it's like when you play a whole bad round of golf, and then on 17, you had a perfect drive and a perfect shot into the green. You just, you have those couple of shots that keep you coming back for more and re-energize you to do it again and do it better the next time. Oh man, that's what that win was. But on this particular episode, um, you know, just going to keep it, going to keep it brief because, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, what, how do you feel? How, How does it feel to be a girl dad now? And there's this whole, you know, I don't know, cult following you know, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is about being a girl dad and all these trends and crazes. And Julia and I were talking about it a little bit. I, I asked her the question, you know, how do you feel that now that we have a second kid? And it's just your your love just grows. You 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 find more of it within yourself for this new being that is equal in very different ways to your other child or however many other children you have, I assume. And I've been telling her that I just, you know, now that Arlo's so active and so vocal and he's talking and running and playing and playing sports and he's, he's been obsessed with the splash pad. You know, if you don't know what splash pad is, it's just a little pool thing that like sprays water out there, like 20 bucks on Amazon, well worth the investment. And he's been obsessed with that. And I just, you know, what's coming because of the first kiddo. and you know, they say the, um, the days are long, but the weeks are short. And I just want to be able to do all that stuff with her and make her laugh and, um, you know, start to see her roll over. She's, by the way, it's unbelievable. She's turning a month uh, when this episode will air. And she's actually already gone from, from chest to back. So that's frightening. She already holds her head up. It's it's incredible. But um, 
I want to be able to do all that stuff and tell jokes and have our little inside jokes and and run around with her, chase her, laugh with her, have her understand. You you just know what's coming. And that's what makes it so exciting to I think just be a dad in general, but to be a, a like a, a girl's father. I mean, this is going to be so great. The the thing I'm noticing though is just the the protective aspect of it. I feel so, you know, Arlo, he he wants to jump off the, the couch and he wants to, you know, get thrown up in the air. He wants to get spun around and he'll make himself dizzy and he'll run into walls and he'll crash and burn and he wants to do all this stuff. And I just wonder if I'm going to be able to have that same restraint to just jump in and be a helicopter parent with baby girl, with Alina, because I like I was boys. So I just know that boys want to do that. Boys, I can only imagine I, I used to play racquetball with my dad and I would literally just dive, hit the ball and, and fall into the ground. That must have been so frustrating for him to have to deal with that all the time wondering if I'm actually hurt or, you know, if I'm scraping my knee or something like that. But with her, I'm just so protective and immediately, you know, I want everything for her. I want everything for both of them, but there's just a different vibe when it comes to protecting a girl and knowing, kind of knowing what's out there, you know, knowing that she's going to be growing up in a very different time than what exists today. And the technology and all the, um, you know, the idea of school is evolving and the idea of success is evolving. And you've got all these different aged concepts that are just changing. And who knows what they're going to be when she's 10, 13, 15, 18, 21, 25. And um, you just want her to be safe. I, I want to be there for her every step of the way. And right now, what she needs from me, I'm literally just her burp cloth, her throw up rag, and her wailing wall to just scream at. That's pretty much what I am right now. Mom, Mommy's got the boobies, and she is the one that uh, is able to keep her pretty calm. I usually get her right before the, the fuse has detonated, and, and then I send her over the edge. I, I think that's just the effect that I have on women, though. But um, wanting to always, always, always protect is has become over the past month a very real and visceral feeling towards her, and very different from having a boy. I can't quite put my finger on exactly what the safety mechanism is or the the different trigger in my own brain, but it's there. And you know the the idea and how much gratitude I have for having one of each, you know, myself and my sister, you know, we were boy and girl, Julia has her brother, Dylan. And, you know, it's, it is nice to have one of each. It would have been wonderful to have another boy just because you kind of know the what's coming. And that's what I relate to the most, you know, like attracts like, so it's easier for me, but I'm excited to learn and be there because Believe it or not, over the course of the last ten years, I've I've evolved emotionally. Even though I still have the the brain of a seventeen year old, and I'm pretty stupid when it comes down to it, um, my emotional intelligence has gone up quite a bit. And it, you know, I know when I listen to this episode, I don't know, 
15 years from now, I'll probably say, holy crap, that was wrong. You don't know anything about the female condition or what they're thinking of. But at the very least, I'm excited to, you know, learn and grow and evolve with her emotions and how she sees the world to be able to broaden my own horizons, to be able to round myself out as a parent, as a, as a husband, as a person, just as a human. Yeah. And, you know, that likely will help me tune in better to my friends and my family and those around me. That's, it's so cool how much you learn as much as you're imparting wisdom. I'm learning so much every single day from these kids and exercising my own patience and understanding the the nuance of, you know, when you pick your battles, yes or no, um, you know, when to start presenting them with either authority or discipline and when to understand that there are times when that's just not going to be heard or received. And I, I always spoke about this with my students when I, so I used to be an intramural sports director at University of California, Irvine. And I loved every single new class that came in because it was always a brand new set of personalities. And I would be teaching the, you know, refereeing curriculum and um, telling them about our vision, mission, values of campus recreation as a whole. And everyone kind of took it in stride in different ways. And they would evolve and make their own strides and, you know, put their own spin on it. And so, I would always be teaching them all this material and trying to help them understand work ethic and drive and grind and grit. But so every so often, one of them would teach me something like brand new, or I'd learn cumulatively from the group that, oh man, they're, they've got this dialed in. They've absolutely got this right. And that reciprocity was crucial towards our enjoyment of the program, of the work that we did of what we got to do for the campus. And that is happening now each and every day with, with my children. And it's, it's, I know it's not going to stop because what you focus on is what you feed. And I'm looking to learn as a dad, if you put your nose in there and you just be part of the action at all times, you're learning so much every step of the way. And even today, you know, Julia and I had a, a great, what I feel was really productive conversation that probably wouldn't have happened if we were just going about our business and not communicating well enough to express ourselves. And I learned a lot about, you know, what her expectations are. I feel that I got to talk about what my expectations are moving forward. And a lot of this not only revolves around the the life balance that we have with our family at home, but also with, with the new job, with, with her position as well at the hospital. And it's part of a, a growing conversation, but I, I felt really great about that takeaway. And I, I took out my phone. I, I jotted down some notes and reminders in terms of what I didn't want to forget. By the way, if you don't want to forget something, just write it down, write it down on a sheet of paper next to you, put it in your phone. These phones we have are literally more powerful than our computers. So if you want to freaking remember something, just put it down somewhere. 
if you want to get something done, put it on your calendar, right? And so I've got, you know, these these notes and reminders and it it all kind of boils down to being, you know, proactive in terms of I do put in a lot of FaceTime with with the kiddos, but that's letting some things around the house fall at the wayside. You know, we've we've come into home ownership for the last year and we're learning how to be homeowners, but I'm still in kind of renter's mindsets. And so there are things around the house that don't get done. It's just like, oh crap, I, I got to get that done, especially with the outside of the house. And you know, like getting our lawnmower fixed. I mean, that's something I've never had to encounter before in my entire life. So now it's something that's been presented and I don't want my duties as a husband and to our family as, as a holistic group to be dismissed just because I'm focused on playing with the kids or I'm focused on ramping up work or whatever it might be. But there's always something that we're learning. And from, from baby girl and going back to, you know, the girl dad discussion, it's just, you know, looking in her eyes, I just, it, it feels like something completely special, completely different. And, you know, with Arlo having come five weeks early, a lot of these timelines were just delayed naturally. And so she seems so competent so fast that I'm just blown away. It's like, damn, girls, are, they have to be smarter because look at her. She's, she's doing all this. She, she knows this. She recognizes that. She's turning over onto her back. She, she's piping up at the right times and giving us the right cues. And now she's really starting to see the world and she's really starting to, you know, become more and more part of the routine. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because they're going to have completely different sets of friends. They're probably going to go to the same school at certain points in their life. And we're secretly hoping that Arlo has this Hulk-esque side to him that just allows him to be the most protective and loving and caring, nurturing big brother of all time. That's that's the dream right there. So that we always got eyes on her. But you know, they'll they'll have they'll run in different circles. They'll have all these different likes and hobbies and and dislikes, more importantly. You know, what what they dislike is just as important because you can't do the same things for your second child or third child that you did for your previous children. Something that worked once you know, you might have to reinvent the wheel entirely. So I'm coming up with a whole new catalog of jokes for, you know, when the time comes, but you're also learning things that, um, you know, like Arlo really enjoys being naked right now. Well, Alina enjoys, uh, at, and Arlo's three years old. He didn't like that all the time. And Alina seems uncomfortable in her clothes. And when we change her diaper, she seems very free and just like, oh, I can, a butt can breathe kind of thing. And these different nuances that, are going to be ever changing. And I'm just trying to stay, you know, keep my feelers up and be as attuned to these needs as possible so that I can address them as they come. But, you know, looking, looking into the future, it's, you know, different, different styles of parties, different things that they want to go out and do on vacations. And, you know, we have this Hawaii trip coming up and it's going to be just the four of us. And I've never actually been to Hawaii and I'm excited to go to see stuff for myself, but it's going to be, you know, dad vacation mode, taking care of kids. And Julie's going to be working at this conference. So there are going to be times when you know, I've got my hands full. I, I'm not just going to be going out and I don't know, eating pineapple or poi or what, you know, whatever's out there <laughs> and just having cocktails and 
chatting with the locals. It's, you know, there's going to be a balance of what everyone wants to do and accomplish and finding that, that rhythm and that, um, that balance for everyone's enjoyment is a puzzle I'm I'm excited to put together, but something that I don't just want to force and impose my own will upon what's fun for the group. I feel that when I was growing up and, you know, in my college years and in my twenties, I probably did that a lot. It's just the nature of my personality. And there were, I'm sure that there were times when I was with my groups of friends or with my family that they're just like, oh, well, you know, this is kind of Andy's thing. And like, you know, I guess we're along for the ride. And I love you all so much for, for sticking with me through those years, because it probably was frustrating to just do those specific things. And, you know, you, you grow out of that and you learn that what's, what's best for the group is what's, you know, what's best for the individual or is, is best for the group. And that's how everyone wins. And, um, or vice versa. I can't remember the movie A beautiful mind is what I'm trying to recall here. It's where he's refuting Adam Smith's theory. Oh, I can't it's, it's 1030 on a Monday. It's, I can't remember, but, um, you know, once I, once I kind of grew into enjoying what the group wants to do and not just force feeding them, you know, everything that I wanted to do, that's when the groups got more cohesive. There were more laughs there, you know, everyone got a little piece of what they wanted to do on that particular trip or in that particular meal or whatever it is. And, um, that's what I'm excited to bring to my family and to these trips and events and all the goods and all the bads that are to come with it. Cause there's just the, the reward is the journey. You know, I, in our industry, we, we set these goals and these metrics for success. And I think it's Gary V that started speaking about how we need to recalibrate what our measure of success is in our society. Because if someone is happy as can be making $40,000 a year and has no debts and owns their home and they just love their life, love their family and feel fulfilled with every part of their life, how is that not success? Like when did we put a dollar amount on what being successful is, right? And that's what I'm trying to embody because it's hard when you, you, you know what income potential is out there but you know that there's a higher calling now. And so that's what I'm working through. I'm, I've got the brain is turning a lot through this transition. And, you know, if I reach out to you in the, in the coming days, in the coming weeks with a phone call or something, it's just, you know, maybe I'm thinking about you and just want to run some stuff by you or get a fresh perspective, but discomfort is growth. And we, as human beings have to continue growing in order to feel satisfied, which means we're pretty much in a constant state of discomfort. So for as tired as I am, for as frustrated as I am at times, I I hit the pillow hard every single night, knowing that I'm there for these kids, Julia and I providing for them and each other. And how can we go out there and win the next day is, is the, the main focus on my mind. But lots of ideas are burning and turning. And I think as parents that will, you know, that won't change even, even when, if college exists (laughs) 15 to 18 years from now, um, you know, even when they go to college, I don't think your, your brain stops ever turning about 
how can we be the best parents possible to these kids? And I think that that is a wonderful way to end this particular episode is just always thinking, you know, maybe a critical thought for, for you out there listening. If you've got kids or if you're preparing to have kids, how are you bettering yourself each day in order to better your family situation? Because we can't love anyone else until we love ourselves. And we know that if we're uncomfortable in a state of discomfort, that we're actually growing and we're progressing and evolving. So how are you pushing yourself? How are you pushing your boundaries and being a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today? There you go. That's what I got for you. So this is Andy Christopher, the dad I listen to frequently. I've going to be coming back hot with another episode next week. Um, might be looking at it from the perspective of a younger child. Just a little little teaser for the the next episode. We've got our nephew here in town and might try and get his perspective on parenting and um, being a kid his age. So a little, little fresh hot take for you. But this is Andy signing off for today. I love you. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Go have a great one.